James, thanks for doing this, man. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks very much. Yeah, it's great to be here, and uh, thanks for giving me the invite to come on. Is this your first time in Philadelphia? No, it's actually my third. third. Um, so I think I came here for the, the conference, I think, in 2009. Okay. And it was uh, it's, it was interesting, you know, when I walked in and see the whole thing, I was firstly blown away by it. Yeah. And then I was like, geez, it'd be cool to, like, you know, do a presentation or do a session here one time. And today I got yeah, that opportunity, yeah. like, so it's a bit of a bucket list one today, you know. Yeah. Hey, glad you could scratch one off. Though coming on the podcast was a bucket list. I yeah, 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 hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> two in one day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was the session you presented on? So I presented on basically our kind of, I suppose, our methodology. It was a reality-based session, so like how we run our sessions, um, how we uh, interact with players. You know, be it like coaching the flow or stop stand still. You know, um, using like natural stoppages or tactics for all that kind of stuff like you know okay. so it was that and then it was um, it was all mainly focused on attacking transition defending in some respects even at the end of the session I was thinking it was nearly a football fitness session as yeah, well yeah. because <laughs> some of the players like right. were, uh, were really worked like which was good like and uh, yeah I really enjoyed it and in fairness the players were really good like really good that's good uh, so soccer in the states isn't so bad huh uh, no no no, no. It's, uh, well definitely on the women's side I've always been uh, absolutely amazed like at yeah. the standard and, and standard coaches as well like you know so uh, it was great today speaking of the Irish methodology what what is that methodology in player development like what are your key principles core values yeah look I suppose um, you know on our side in terms of um, the women's game I would have took over player development three years ago and it was probably one of the biggest things I've done is let's put a curriculum in place like yeah. you know look all our teams would play kind of one four three three mm. as such because I suppose we think that's the best in terms of player development and so on um, but we, you know we try as best as possible to get players to, to take the ball down to play yeah. to be comfortable in possession um, you know, when we look at players, we look at them in terms of their communication, their decision, their execution, and you know, obviously adding on football fitness as well. So <clears throat> we profile the players in terms of that. And um, I suppose, you know, definitely from my kind of point of view, particularly with 17s, like um, off the field would be massive as well. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, probably one of the most satisfying things for me is the players I'm with at the moment and so on. Just mm -hmm. fantastic that way, like, you know, so um, you know, that, that's a, a big part of our, yeah. our role. Like, for, for you as a coach, how long have you been in U17? Three years? Uh, probably about three, four three. years. Yeah. Before that, where I mean, where have you seen the most growth in your coaching career from a coaching side of things? Like, what have you noticed about yourself and how have you developed over over the years, just as a player would? Yeah, I suppose. Um, look, it's it's funny. It's it, it's um, it's probably about 22, 23 years I've been coaching. You yeah. Know, I would see, see myself on 40, like so. Yeah. I would have started when I was right. about 17, 16, like, and uh, <clears throat> I suppose in recent years. Um, the biggest thing I would have seen is like a lot of technology coming on board now. Like I mean, you do need if you really want to be a, a top level coach, you do need to be good on a laptop as well. The yeah. presentations, how you sell yourself that way, um, to players and all that, and on the pitch as well. Like you know, yeah. so, so kind of a, there's a perfect storm of that. Whereas before, when I would have done my first, I think when I done my A license, I don't think we even went into the classroom. Like everything was on the pitch. Like right. uh, it was great. It gave me a great kind of uh, grounding in terms of on the pitch, but. I think you have to keep on board of technology now as well. Even if you go into the exhibit hall here, like I mean, it's yeah. just mind-boggling yeah, what's yeah, in there now. Even yeah. to what when I came here in two thousand nine, to what it is now is completely transformed. Like, you know? They have GPS trackers and shin guards. Yeah, now yeah, I just saw. Yeah. I mean, it's wild. It's wild. Um, but it, it, it's interesting you mentioned you can go on a laptop. Like the presentation, how you present yourself to players. I think that it's interesting because it's like it's good, but it, you know, it for me, it's. It's the side of things that you don't really think about and just like the organizational part of things and just getting your thoughts out on paper so players can have a clear 
understanding of what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like <clears throat> the biggest thing for me at the moment is you have to think about the generation that you're coaching. Like, and yeah, you know, someone said to me recently, um, <clears throat> excuse me, that like you know, 15 minutes is the most you can be presenting to the players and stuff like that. Like, I've seen sessions where now, if you're interactive enough and all that, because they just visually taking things on, right? Um, they're more tuned into it. That's how they do. You know, they're constantly on phones and things like that. Like so. Their, their learning now has changed as well. Like I think we need to keep on, uh, yeah. on top of that as well. Like in, in terms of what, how they take things on board and so on. But uh, obviously, technology is a massive part of that now. You know? What's the what's the future of Irish FA football look like for you guys? Yeah, look, look. I mean, on the women's side, uh, we're, we're going to the World Cup in the summer, which is it's, it's unbelievable for are us. You, like, are you in Nigeria? Uh, we've got Nigeria. Yeah. yeah so uh, Brandy, so, our head coach, is, is the Nigeria women's head coach. So you're brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 so, uh, yeah. We've got Nigeria and Canada and Australia. It's a, it's a it was just group. today, actually, it's been announced. Um, we we're playing Australia in the opening game. Oh, nice! And it was in a stadium of forty-three thousand, but they actually have to move the stadium now to an eighty thousand. Eighty thousand because the, the tickets were sold out like straight away. Eighty thousand like, people. Yeah. That is awesome. We've we've got obviously a load of. Um, Irish people in, yeah. in Australia. Are you going? Like, uh, yeah, we're going. Yeah. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. You got an so, extra ticket, or <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so that's that's the biggest thing at the moment. Yeah. Very exciting. Like, yeah. if you go on the men's side, like we we qualified for Euro '88 and Italian '90, mm-hmm. and that really transformed like football in Ireland. Um, yeah. So hopefully now it'll be similar with girls. But like in fairness, the last five years with girls football and girls soccer, like all over the world, you can see the, yeah, the, the massive growth. strides. Yeah. Like you know, so. Um, yeah, I think we're very much back yeah. now as well. It's great. What's been your most memorable moment so far in the in the three years that you've been in the role that you that you're in now? Yeah, like it's it, it's I suppose it's it's funny. Um, you know, we've had some good good days. Um, we, we we topped a couple of the Euro groups. We haven't got to an actual Euros yet because there's only eight nations, so it's yeah. very very difficult. So in March we're playing France and Italy and Kosovo. So if we top that group, we, we get to the Euros. But obviously France and Italy is is tough. Um, but it, it's probably some of the, the most successful things is, is players going up into the senior team that, yeah. that would have come through and hopefully we've taken a few things away from the 17s. But even like the most simplest things of, of us traveling away and meeting different people and all that, and then for them to turn around and say, geez, your girls have been so well behaved, yeah, yeah. Um, the way they to conduct themselves and all that. And it was just, <clears throat> I was just talking to someone about it the other day, like um, we were in Northern Ireland last camp for Euros, like, and we're, as we were leaving, like the captain was writing down thanks on one of the flip charts to the hotel staff, like yeah. Yeah, things that, right. that, are, that really stand out for me. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Outside of maybe just like results sure. and this and that, sometimes you get carried away with that. Is, um, is that how you measure success? The girls getting caught up to the senior team? Like what are, like I know you, I mean, so, touching on what you just said, but what are, you know, on the field metrics that you yeah, guys use? Like, uh, that, that would have to be the, the biggest KPI, like, yeah. you know, um, because, you know, reality is uh, that's my job is trying to get players to get into the 19s first and foremost. Like, right. so, so can we get as many players like up to that level and that to continue on? And then the next thing is into the senior team. Like, mm-hmm. look, in fairness, um, you know, a, a number of girls, three or four, five maybe girls since I've been involved have, have, have made their senior debuts. Like, so that's, that's awesome. a very yeah. proud moment yeah. like when you when you see that and, and the thing about it as well a lot of them 16 17 18 like so not actually 22 right, right. you know right. so that, that's uh that's super as well like you know. type of coach are you um i i, I suppose i've uh, like you know if you ask me what's my philosophy it's, yeah. it's develop the player develop the person right so i'm very much about trying to bring them on a journey and, and make them comfortable in the surroundings but also uncomfortable as well right, in right, that, right. like they know that there's a standard and all that but then you know that you you're there for them and you're there for them not just like for the year that they're with you that in five or ten years time if they want advice that you're always there and, right um I, I just love as well like to see 
them take away things that they can bring into their own life, like and so on. Like you know, and it's funny. I I would see, you know, I, I love obviously the, the tactical side and all that, but um, it's, it's seeing that grow in, in people uh, is a big one. For yeah, me, yeah. And making them relationships. And I think that's very much the way like coaching is going. And sometimes when we go on coaching courses, it's all about the X and O's and all sure. that. But really, I think in the last definitely five years, people are starting to understand the emotional intelligence and making connections with players um, because the reality is. If you can't uh, make a connection with players, they won't play for you and right. they won't be successful. Like no matter how good you are on the pitch and tackling and all that. Like yeah, this. no, I was um, had a conversation earlier about like just effective communication mm -hmm. and you know trying to find the best ways to communicate with with the players and make them you know, feel heard, be seen. And it's tricky because everyone's different, so everyone responds a little bit different. What are some ways that you kind of use effective communication? Yeah, well, like I think I think the most effective communication is for you to. To maybe shut up, like and yeah, let yeah. them actually listen, talk, yeah. like so, so empower them, like um, you know, when we come in and start the year with early everything, we just get out flip charts and say, right, what do we, what do you expect for yourselves on the pitch, off the pitch, mm -hmm. like even things asking what, what, what you think about mobile phones, what should you do with them, where, where should it be, you know, yeah. just throw out a few questions and let them come up with it, like you know, because um, you know, they, I think they really enjoy that when they're felt that they're part of the process and they can feedback to you and. Um, yeah, I, I think we we sometimes just need to shut up, like yeah, really, yeah, like, oh, just, and just uh, listen, yeah, and, yeah, listen yeah, and take yeah. things on board and, and give them a voice. You know? Yeah, it's interesting. Where have you struggled in your coaching career? Um, I suppose you know one of the things is um, you know I still have not experienced kind of a full time professional kind of environment. Mm -hmm. So when you are like in with the association in Ireland, there's not a there's not an industry outside of the FAI like so like I'd love to be in that environment where you're training like girls or boys every day like yeah. and, and to, to get to that and I suppose you know most of my coaching has been at like youth level and all that like and, and then when you go up to maybe senior sometimes you feel like I'm good enough for this and so on like you know so you know that's something I probably like to experience a little bit more not maybe at the moment I'm really enjoying youth football yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but in the future um, you know to have that like and, as the, the last thing I'll probably say as well is like I would have started at the very bottom in terms of I wasn't a player I played a little bit on, of the highest league in the first division but you know only one season like so I wasn't a, a player where people come in and go there's James Scott he's, he's played excellent yeah, yeah. for Ireland or whatever so when you have that you, you, you always maybe feel like am I actually good enough to be here right, right. You know, I, I just recently <laughs> completed a pro licence and I suppose when I started that course I was very much going looking at John O'Shea was on the course like he's got over 100 caps for Ireland, like, yeah. you know, I'm going, should I really be here? Like, you know, so, um, how do you get yourself out of that? Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know. It's, um, because yeah. I do the same thing, right? It's like, it's the it's just right. self doubt that I think everybody does it, right, to some extent. But I mean, like, like I, I suppose in some respects, how we get out of that is actually, you know, it's not even sometimes you, it's the people that are around you. So, yeah. like, Chan O'Shea coming to you and asking, what do you think about this? Like, right. all of a sudden, you're going, he's asking me, like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and, um, you know, that. We have these little micro groups as well where, where we're very much a kind of a helping each other and, and uh, a lot of guys come and ask me what you think or whatever and I suppose I've been involved with the FEI and coach education, I'd be a coach education tutor so I have experience in that like so that would give you confidence when right. they're asking you like you know. So, uh, but it is difficult. It's, it's pretty cool that you know that you can say, "Oh, he's asking me, no big deal." Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, so you're not you're not coaching every day with with the youth national team. Like, how, how often do you get to, to see them? Yeah. So, like, you know, it depends on year and how how, uh, how successful we are. Yeah. But, like, you are talking maybe forty contact days, maybe in around in the year. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so like, you know, that is difficult. Like, you yeah. Know, you know, how, like, how do how do you go about managing that? And 
like what what do you prioritize because you can't really have a periodization schedule right so it's no. a very brief one so it's like how do you how do you prioritize certain things especially if when you send them off to go do whatever they're doing if they don't do what yeah you know what's intended so yeah so, so one, like one of the biggest things is obviously relationship with the club that they're with yeah um, you know but again like most of them people that are at them clubs are, are volunteers as well like so they're all with them all yeah. time either so most of our girls are trained probably three times a week yeah um and have a game at the weekend like you know but we would have little things like Metrofit and all that so I can keep them uh, you know on top of what their schedule is how, yeah. you know how much their you know RPEs and so on like so they're little things we have and then you know you know in, in COVID we, we had Zoom like you know yeah, and yeah, all yeah. of a sudden now that we can just talk to anyone you know, right, meetings right. and so on so you know we, we, I suppose we have a few little things here and there but what's probably most important is when you do get in that you're really effective in use of your time like and, and in terms of how you want to face them games and when you're on the pitch that's it's absolutely effective like yeah. you know, and it's also like you know I've done a session today and I was trying to probably get across that that every coach is working and they're giving feedback and all that yeah. that, uh, that you're effective as possible you know how many how many coaches do you work with on the staff like yeah. for I guess a typical camp window whatever it is I think we've about nine on staff nine um, but that's everyone right uh, so so like you know there would be myself as the head coach then there'd be two assistants uh, Chelsea and Rob and goalkeeping coach and then an analyst that would be our technical staff yeah, yeah, yeah. and then obviously doctor physio and team operations and you know but I suppose one of the biggest things you know especially looking at the exhibit hall here is um you know, like GPS, trackers, yeah, yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Like analysts were, were pretty good with that, like but not full time again. Um but you know, GPS and and metrics like that, like we uh, we have a long way to go. Sports psychology for yeah, example. Yeah. We, we have none of that like so mm. you know we, we speak about that a lot but you know it costs money. Yeah. yeah. Um so, yeah. so you know that that's where we probably need to improve. And I think I think as well though as you as a coach you have to be kind of multidisciplinary as well like that you actually have someone that's worked psychology and you have a little sure. bit you know so and um, that's become very much part of the modern coach now yeah, as well, yeah, like yeah. That. yeah yeah no it, it's been interesting just seeing how the um, it's, use of technology has developed in just managing player loads and, see, and just seeing certain distances that they're covering and just making sure everyone's meeting the certain metrics it, it, it's it's changed a little bit but it's you know I think it's I think it's good I think yeah, it's good it's, I mean and it's something new to, to just you know play around with. Yeah, it's, it, look, it's really good, but it, uh, like again, well, I think it's what, what's important is what you're reading and making sure it's accurate as well. Because someone could run <laughs> on it, right. like, know right. an awful lot, but wasn't effective. Like, right. or are they like just you know running all over the place? Like, just even the session today was one of the things I said to the guys. Like, you know, don't be all over the place. Like, just make it effective. Like, you yeah. Know, um, sometimes people are going into the line of another player, and might as well piggyback that player. Then, like, so right. just just. Um, Think, think smarter rather than harder. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's important. It's my favorite question to ask people, James. When, um, as you step up into a new world, whatever that may be, what's the legacy that, that you want to leave behind? Yeah, it's, it's a difficult question, yeah. I suppose. Um, but, like, I suppose you you always want to leave it in a better place than when you got right. it, plain and simple. Right. Like, and, um, like, I'm very much as well like you know sometimes you have people that move away from something they're going oh that's not being done well or whatever like you're always it's a part of you like you know yeah. so, so you really want to take that on and, and you want the people that are there to come in and be successful as well like and unfortunately like football is very egotistical and so yeah. on and it's yeah. like 
you know, people are very quick to like see what's wrong and things and all that. But I think, you know, when when I have definitely myself been in positive environments and all that, a lot better work has been done. Like, you know, yeah. you, you know, it might even be the most skillful people or whatever, but people are positive, they have a good outlook and they want to push forward. Like, so I would hope like that's what you would leave is that you have people that are in there that are good, that are positive thinkers and, you know, that you can look back and go, geez, I was in a better place than my environment. You know? Well, James, I won't take up any more time. Thank you for, for joining me. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks very much, Chris. Right. We'll be on.